Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg here from RightSource in the great outdoors talking all things not-for-profit governance. Today, I wanted to talk through a journey a lot of organizations go on where they start off as an incorporated association and at some point they decide that moving to a company limited by guarantee is a good idea. Now, for those of you that are an incorporated association and you're thinking about moving to being a company limited by guarantee, so what I want to talk through is First of all, the process of having to do that from an administrative point of view and then the impact that will have in the organization, but also get an understanding of why would you do this in the first place? What is the real impetus to make this change from an incorporated association to a company limited by guarantee? Now, first of all, to understand what both of those two things are, an incorporated association is um, it's an illegal entity. It is established based on uh, individuals state law so it just exists in the state a company limited by guarantee is a is also an entity but it's a company and it's created through the corporations act through asic and those type of things so same as any other public company a company limited by guarantee has the same essential legal status as that now why would you want to change between one and the other well one of the first reasons is if if your industry that you're working in or the licenses or the grants that you're going for require it well that that's one thing that isn't very common the other opportunity potentially is that when you start getting really big some people think well that at that point you need to change well there isn't any restrictions i know in queensland in terms of size it's really more about how you want to manage your organization but there are some associate incorporated associations that are very big so it's not necessarily size something related to size can be it and that's when you want to start operating in different states so because an incorporated association is based on your state and based on legislation in the state you aren't able to or you aren't supposed to you can but you aren't supposed to trade outside that state because you only exist in that state as an incorporated association so one of the main drivers for organizations to change from an incorporated association to a company limited by guarantee is that they want to be, have a national presence or they want to operate on a national level. Now, this might be just their fundraising or their advocacy or might be the services they provide. But once you want to start operating on a national level, that's a real strong driver to moving from an association to a company limited by guarantee. Now, in saying that, there's two other options if you want to do that if you want to operate nationally, but remain an association. The first one is you could set up sister associations in every other state. Now, practically you can do that. That's a bit expensive. Each of those entities will be separate. They'll have their own members. They'll have their own structures. And obviously they'll have that administration requirement that that comes with that. So it's not a great option. Probably a more practical option is you can go for, uh, you become a registered Australian body. And that is registering with ASIC and you get an ARBN, which basically then allows you to operate nationally under that ARBN, but you still remain an incorporated association based in one state. Practically, that works. It feels a little clunky. The downside with it is sometimes it's hard to explain to people what that is, and that probably moves to the other option or other reason why organizations move from an association 
to a company and that is just public perception. If you're looking to deal with other entities or members of the public, sometimes the fact that you can demonstrate that you're a company makes people feel that they understand who you are and what you're doing, whereas when you're in association, there's sometimes it's looked down on a little bit in terms of the professionalism. So in reality, there is no difference. You can be equally professional and in either, but sometimes that's the other driver. A couple of the other benefits of having a company limited by a guarantee rather than association. You do only require three directors for a company limited by guarantee, which can be less than an association. Sometimes it's easier to get a skills-based board up and running in a company limited by guarantee. The rules are around it about the same and you can do it, but but generally speaking, there's a, it, it feels a bit easier in that respect. They're the, the reasons why you change and I mean, some of the benefits, but how do, you, how do you do it? What's the steps? So it isn't impossible and it's not super complicated, but there are some defined steps you need to go through. The first one is check in with your um, state regulator and find out what particular steps they require. Now we're gonna go through in principle what the steps are and they should be generally the same throughout no matter what state you're in, but definitely go and check with your Office of Fair Trading or Office of State Revenue, whoever you're working with in terms of your charity or your association registration. Given that, the first thing you will need to do is you'll need to set up or you'll need to create a new constitution. Now, as an association, you'll have your rules of your association. Constitution is relatively the same thing. But what you'll be wanting to do is set it up for the purpose of the company. So it will have some peculiarities and some things specifically to it. So my advice normally with that is it's better to start from scratch using a constitution that would be a template, if you like, that is based on company limited by guarantee and modify that for anything you want to maintain in your association or have come across the company limited by guarantee. Probably the most important part in doing that is when you look at the objects of the new company, you really want those ideally to be the same as the association. You can change them if you want. The thing to be aware of with your objects is if you change or even slightly modify the objects, the ACNC will want to look at that if you're registered as a charity to make sure that they still maintain the same purpose as you were registered for. So your charitable purpose, but also your deductible gift recipient status in terms of DGR status. So just be careful if you play with your objects, there can be further implications. But otherwise, creating a constitution is a relatively straightforward piece of work, but it does take some time and does potentially take some cost in terms of engaging the right party to help you. Once you have that constitution, the next step is for the management committee to approve it and then for the members of that association to hold a members meeting and to have a special resolution, which will be 75% of the members, to pass that constitution and to to resolve to move from an incorporated association to a company limited by guarantee. Now, this is the most complicated step because you want to have a member engagement process to make sure that those members of your association understand what's going on to the extent that they understand the benefits of moving to a company limited by guarantee and support it. If you can't get the support of your members, you're not gonna get this through, you're not gonna go anywhere. As much as doing the constitution is important, there's also a member engagement piece that you'll need to do to make sure that your members are involved. Now, depending on how big or small your membership base is, that could be either quite a large job or quite a small job, but that's something to think of. Now, once you've got the, the resolution passed and the members have agreed, to move, you then need to notify your state regulator. You'll then need to lodge forms with ASIC to register the company and have that established. Once the company's established, you also then need to go back to your state regulator and make sure they know that you've now incorporated the company and the association will then cease to exist. That paperwork process, there's a lot of forms, can take a little bit of time. It is time pressured, so you do want to make sure you keep moving through that process. If 
you're looking to do this process from an internal management point of view, have someone who's leading it, making sure that these things are taken care of. So then it's all done. So once you're registered and your company's registered, one thing to consider when you're going through that process is you'll have an opportunity to either create a new ABN or maintain your existing ABN. Now, why is this a question? Well, when you set up a company, you'll get an ACN. Now, normally if you set up a company and register for GC at the same time, ACN and the ABN are very similar. Because this is being done at a different point in time, your ACN will be different from your ABN. So some companies like to keep a similarity between the ACN and ABN. So if you want that, you'll have to change your ABN. Now, that's great, you can do that, and that's definitely an option. The problem with changing your ABN is that all your tax exemptions are attached to your ABN. So if you change your ABN, you'll have to reapply for your DGR status if you've got it and your other tax exemption. So it creates a bit of extra work. Ideally, I would say don't change the ABN, keep your existing one, but something to consider. The last step, now you think you'd be there by now, but the last step is actually going through and changing all of the contracts and agreements that you've got in place, It'll be with the state governments, federal governments, employees, all those type of contracts you have in place, and you'll have to change the description of the entity that's attached, because the entity has changed. So there's a bit of work in that, and it's you wanna really get on top of it early. The area that catches most people and is the most painful one is when you have a bank account in the association's name and you don't change it immediately. It can be really complicated to change because from the bank's point of view, the association and the company, even though they're related, they're two separate entities. So if your directors who were on the association who were signatories on that account have left, it's very hard to then change things later. So you really wanna get on top of your bank accounts and make sure they're taken care of very soon after setting up that new company limited by guarantee. And then last of all, make sure the ACNC knows. I mean, obviously that, that sort of should be part of the process of letting everyone know, but make sure that that is done and that your members and your stakeholders are aware. Then you'll probably want to start taking advantage, I suppose, and you'll have a new constitution. So that'll imp impact some of your governance processes, maybe your board charter. So there'll be a time of, of adjustment as well at a board level. So that's sort of it. It's simple but complicated, the, the changing from an association to a company. Um, I hope that gives a bit of insight if those of you out there are, are considering that change. And obviously, feel free to chuck in a comment or get in contact if you want to have some more questions. Otherwise, check out YouTube. We've got a whole heap of other content on YouTube in terms of governance and the not-for-profit space. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. It's been Justin Hump from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, Check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.